Hello and welcome to the Fuel and Thrive podcast. I'm Meg, also known as Fit Foodie Feed on Instagram, and I'll be bringing you weekly discussions about all things health and fitness. My goal is to equip you with the knowledge and the confidence to make empowered decisions so that you can achieve the results that you've always wanted whilst living a happy life. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode. Um, I'm hoping that this goes okay because I've just done that annoying thing, you know, when you go to have a sip of water as the last the last sip before I press start on this and it went down the wrong way. And you know when it goes down the wrong way and you can just feel it in your throat a little bit. So I'm just hoping that I don't burst into a coughing fit at some point in this. Um, I can't be bothered with all editing out so I'd rather just kind of go for it. Hopefully I won't have a coughing fit but Anyway, hope you're all well. I am going to be speaking about reverse dieting today, which is a topic that I am very passionate about. It actually links quite nicely with what I spoke about last week. I believe it will be last week when I post this, um, which was kind of my story about, and just in general, like information about bulking or um, intentionally increasing calories. That was kind of more of an episode about like the benefits of it, um, why you shouldn't be kind of scared to do it and when you should do it. Now, this week I'm going to speak about reverse dieting, which I guess is a bit more of a, like, labelled thing and more of a um, procedure. (laughs) I don't know if you'd say procedure, maybe that's the wrong word, but anyway, I'm basically just going to address what's the crack with reverse dieting, what is it all about, does it actually even work, like, how does it work? So I'll speak about what it is, how it works, when it might be used, who it might be used with, and I'll clear up a bit of the kind of, like, so I used to find it it used to blow my mind when I used to see people on social media who would be on the left, this picture on the left, they'd be like, oh, um, I'm consuming 1,500 calories here. And then on this picture on the right, I'm consuming 2,500 calories and I look leaner. And I'd be like, but how? Like that totally goes against everything that science says about a calorie deficit. So I will address that because if any of you are equally confused as I was a good few years ago, then hopefully this will kind of clear that up for you because I understand that it can it can be a little bit misleading or conflicting just with the fact that so many har- people kind of harp on about like a calorie deficit is the answer to weight loss, which it is. Um, but anyway, I will come on to all of this in in due time. So what is it? The process of gradually increasing calories. That is what a reverse diet is. So it is basically, it is basically done so that you can essentially eat more while still maintaining your physique as much as possible. Now with a reverse diet, again, social media can be a bit misleading and can make you think that you can do a reverse diet. And I think sometimes like the word diet being in there, like it might make you think that you can be losing body fat on it. And it, is possible like there are some instances when that does happen um but that is not the purpose of a reverse diet so don't be kind of misled by that like the purpose is not to lose weight um but your maintenance calories are a range and the kind of the purpose of a reverse diet really is to kind of push push your calories up so that you're able to eat more whilst maintaining your physique as much as possible so you will want to expect to potentially gain some weight or some body fat um, whilst doing a reverse diet. Like it shouldn't be an expectation that you don't kind of gain any because ultimately you are consuming more food. (laughs) So yeah, it is no surprise if you do gain a small amount of weight. But, you know, if you've got kind of somebody helping you to do it or if you do it in a structured 
incremental gradual way which is kind of what it involves then you can kind of minimize the amount of fat gained so it's just kind of like a, a minimal amount and um you know it doesn't have to be a negative thing just gaining a little bit of weight you won't always be at your kind of leanest physique at all times um so yes the idea behind it is to increase your metabolism because i will explain what happens in a fat loss phase in a moment but yeah, it will basically just mean that you have the ability to eat more without gaining much body fat or changing your physique very much. Um, so the way it works is because when you do a fat loss phase or when you kind of reduce calories, your body puts protective mechanisms in place. So, you know, your body doesn't want to be in a calorie deficit. And if you think back to like, uh, what do you call it? Like, old times, ancient times, I can't even remember the phrase now, like from an evolutionary standpoint is what I'm trying to say, your body would naturally kind of put protective things in place so that you don't starve. Um, but we are not in kind of um, a society for most of us anyway, people that are listening to this podcast are not going to be in a situation where you are at risk of starvation. So, but your body still has those kind of mechanisms in place and they will kick in when you do reduce the amount of energy that you are giving your body. So what there are kind of like four things that come into play here. So your BMR is basically the calories that you burn at rest. This can downregulate because when you become a smaller person, when you do lose weight, like you you are expending less, you, you will be burning less calories at rest. Then there's also your NEAT, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. This is your hand gestures, like you're flipping blinking. <laughs> it's basically activity that is not Plan. It's unplanned activity. Sorry, that was a very roundabout way of saying it. it is unplanned activity. So that is going to reduce when you when you are consuming less energy. You know, naturally your neat will go down. Um, and when you are kind of trying to lose fat, like neat is something that you have to stay particularly conscious of because your body's natural response is to reduce that. So you will just like naturally move less. Um, you'll probably just be a bit you'll be a bit more lazy just with with things. Like I always think when I used to be in kind of like a strict dieting phase like I'd just not like bother getting up to make a drink of water when I need one because I don't have the energy to do it you know and you know it, it's sitting down at every opportunity it's you know not not going out of your way to like do something active because um because you haven't got the energy to do that so that kind of like kicks in when you are in a deficit so yeah when you are in a deficit you do have to kind of make a conscious effort to not let those things happen that's why we set things like step goals um but yeah essentially that is what happens your neat will down regulate your bmr down regulates your exercise activity thermogenesis will probably down regulate because you probably just won't have the energy to be going to the gym you won't be as strong when you're in the gym you just essentially won't burn as much as you would now when i'm talking about like you know like hopefully anybody listening to this will know that i don't put give a huge amount of attention to the calories that are burned in workouts or anything like that. Like I'm talking, it's a really minuscule amount. So um, your exercise actually only makes up like 5% of your daily energy expenditure anyway, but still it will reduce slightly. Um, and then there's also the thermic effect of food, which actually makes up 10% of your daily energy expenditure. Um, so your NEAT is 15% roughly, roughly. Um, TEF, so thermic effect of food, so essentially your digestion, makes up like 10%. So when you do start eating more, like your body is working harder to digest that. But obviously when you're eating less, your body is not expending as much energy 
digesting your food. Um, so yeah, they are the things that kind of happen when you go into a calorie deficit. And for people that have been in a calorie deficit for a really, really, really long time, you know, some people have literally been in these kind of situations for, for years and years and your body will just adapt to it. And then eventually like these low calories will become maintenance calories. Um, so I'll sometimes get people coming to me for coaching and they're currently consuming, you know, 15, 1600 calories and they're wanting to lose weight. And I'm, you know, I, I have to say to them, we've got to kind of reverse calories back up before you can embark on a fat loss phase because, you know, there's nowhere to go really. If you're already at 1500 calories and you're maintaining that amount, like to be, to lose weight, you do have to be in a calorie deficit. So you would have to um, consume even less food or move significantly more. Um, and it, you know, we just don't want to be doing that if you're, you know, we definitely don't want to be going sub 1400 calories. Um, that's just not fun time for anyone. It's not going to allow you to go out for meals, live a life basically. So anyway, won't go there, but I would basically encourage somebody to do a reverse diet, which I do understand can be really scary. And it is frustrating because some people have been trying to lose weight for so, so long. Um, they finally decide to invest in a coach that can help them. And, you know, I or another coach that kind of would do this kind of thing as well um, has to say, you've got to kind of put the fat loss goals on hold. But it, it doesn't have to be forever. You know, you absolutely can lose weight a little bit later down the line, but it's more important to just kind of view your overall health and your metabolism um, and what, you know, work on your metabolism for a while and, um you know, bring your maintenance calories up so your body can get used to consuming a higher amount of calories and that kind of like metabolic adaptation can, can work the other way. Um, and um, yeah, you can kind of upregulate your metabolism. <laughs> um, and also like you've got your hormones that come into play as well, um, which I'll come on in, I'll come on to a little bit later, but just wanted to cover um, how it can seem that some people like appear to lose weight or body fat when doing a reverse diet because I know social media can lead us to believe that like I was saying earlier like I really um was perplexed by this <laughs> um and it can be misleading but it is not magic like I said like it is not a magic diet where you are going to start eating more food and lose weight like nothing magical happens it is just like some actual scientific processes that can cause this to happen so yeah, it does happen for some people. For most people, you would expect to gain a little bit of weight or body fat. Like the goal is not to lose weight, but it can be a byproduct. And do you know what? Like we will take that byproduct if it happens. Um, and I think it is often celebrated on social media. Um, you will see like coaches and stuff that will kind of preach about this happening. And I don't think it's coming from a place of wanting to mislead people. Um, I've kind of posted these kind of things before as well and been like, wow, look how much more they're eating and they're actually losing weight. Um, and it's not done in a way to be misleading. It's coming from a place of like encouragement to show people that are scared to increase their calories, that they're not going to suddenly gain a ton of body fat just by increasing their calories. Um, so yeah, it's worth just being aware that like there is nothing magical to it, but there are just a few key reasons that this can happen. Now, firstly, these there's a couple of reasons why it can happen that's kind of not the main driving factor behind reverse dieting. So firstly, it could be that this picture on the left, the before picture where they're only consuming, I don't know, 1500 calories, 
it could well be that they're saying that they're consuming 1500 calories or the person thought they were consuming 1500 calories at the time you know that is but it's actually just 1500 calories that they were actually accounting for um because you know if somebody is consuming 1500 calories for three days across the week no four days across the week say you know the majority of the time but then for three days across the week they are consuming 3000 calories per day that is bear with let me calculate this um 6,000 would be across the four days and then you'd have the 9,000 across three days if you consume 3,000 calories on those days um, and then we divide that by seven to find the average and that daily amount is like 2,100 calories so um, yeah it is if somebody is kind of like aiming for a lower amount but then they're kind of in this restrict binge kind of cycle or they're overeating at weekends and not accounting for it it could be that people are claiming in this first picture that they were only eating 1500 calories but actually they weren't in all honesty so that is misleading and personally I would not post about that but um yeah some people can just be so convinced that that is what they are consuming and you know I used to be like this I said this in the last podcast that I did like I only accounted for 1800 calories anything above 1800 I did not account for um and that is obviously incorrect um but you know I wouldn't have ever I wouldn't claim to have been eating that much in the past um so yeah that can be one kind of instance where it seems like that's happening the other scenario is you know a legitimate scenario <laughs> um, and that is when like body recomposition has occurred so when somebody has gone through gone through like a reverse diet built calories up potentially done another fat loss phase so that they then look leaner but they're maintaining on higher calories later down the line and they look leaner or in some instances they potentially could even be lighter on the scales as well um i think in most instances it would probably just be you, you see a lot of these pictures where somebody weighs more on the right, but they actually kind of look leaner. Um, but that is when body recomposition has occurred. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to kind of touch on those anymore, but I'm just going to talk about the, the kind of main reasons that we would do a reverse diet, which is what I was speaking about before, how, you know, metabolic adaptation or adaptive thermogenesis, whatever you want to call it, whenever that happens um, from doing a fat loss phase, then you want to be able to kind of reverse it in a reverse diet. Um, so as I was just speaking about all of these kind of things um, that downregulate and your metab metabolism slows, um, obviously when we do start to increase food, the opposite happens, which is it's great. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, you know, I think it is a great thing to do. And I think nobody, I, and I mean, I can't even say this enough, like nobody should be staying on the calories that they finish a diet on. So if you, if you diet down, you know, your maintenance calories are, for example, 2,100 calories, you start a deficit at 1,900 and then gradually you drop to 1,800, 1,700, 1,600 potentially at the end of your dieting phase. You do not have to stick on 1,600 calories for the rest of time. Like I cannot say, I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, I think, I used to think that, I think lots of other people think that and that's when often people will get kind of stuck um consuming a really low amount of calories and as I said earlier that can kind of go on for years and years for some people um so yes basically as we start to increase increase your food intake um your thermic effect of food your exercise your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and your BMR will all increase um 
so yeah, it is, it can be scary eating more food. And I spoke about this a lot in the last episode that I did, but like, there's so many benefits, (laughs) benefits, positives, whatever you want to say, um, to, to increasing your food anyway, you know, it's a really nice thing to do. And it may even be worth doing multiple um, fat loss phases with reverse diets in between like I do that with quite a lot of clients like I'll get them to do a bit of a fat loss phase and when it gets to the point where we don't really want to drop food any lower don't want to increase activity anymore um and potentially there's a bit of like diet fatigue going on where they've just kind of had enough they're not really um enjoying the process as much anymore then I'd be like right let's do a little reverse diet spend a bit of time like maybe a few months building calories back up and then you can go again if you want to um and I think that does have to be the case for some people, you know, it's it can't always be the case that you can drop, you can achieve the physique that you are striving for in like one fat loss phase, you know, sometimes it has to be um, a few, a few phases, <laughs> if that makes sense. Okay, so what I want to touch on next is who is it for? So who is the typical candidate um, for a reverse diet? So there's kind of a few categories I'd say that people can fall into for this. You've got your like typical yo-yo dieters. So like I was saying, with the kind of first scenario where somebody is eating what they perceive to be a really low amount on the left and then they increase it, like somebody that is kind of in this binge restrict cycle, it can be really, really beneficial to just kind of set a higher calorie goal and gradually increase it. That can be um, beneficial for those kind of people. Um, then there's people that have finished a dieting phase, like I mentioned a moment a moment ago. Potentially someone might have done a 12-week a, a fat loss phase. You know, you see these like bikini competitors, people like that. Like if they've been in a calorie deficit to get to a certain physique, like they would have to reverse their calories back up. And then there are that kind of group of people that have been dieting forever. And I'm sure everybody knows a 50-year-old woman that has been dieting forever and they they don't eat very much, but they just can't lose... They're they're not losing weight and it is because their metabolisms have adapted to it. So lots of people will kind of go on about this starvation mode. That kind of phrase is thrown around a lot and long long story short like it is a load of bobbins like you starvation mode is not a thing (laughs) if you are in a calorie deficit you will lose weight however I think people kind of use that as what what they mean to say is that metabolic adaptation has occurred and they are um their calories are really really low but their body's adapted to it and they're kind of just a bit stuck in a rut and I think it's really really common and yeah dieting ultimately is starvation in the modern day isn't it so that that's kind of who it would be beneficial for but as I said like I think it's useful for so many people like anybody can do do a reverse diet and you know you don't have to be really really slim um to do it and like I said some people will need to do it in order to kind of enter a fat loss phase like I tend to kind of say to people there are a few prerequisites that I like them to have before doing a fat loss phase and one of those is kind of having calories at a high enough starting point to then be able to drop further. So yeah, how to do it. Um, The way to do a reverse diet would vary a lot person to person. I guess it depends who it is, whether it is somebody that's been dieting forever and always, or whether it is someone that's just done like a short stint of a fat loss phase, in which case it might be better to kind of bump calories, do like a, a quicker jump up, if that makes sense. 
But yeah, everybody's going to respond so differently, which is why it is important just to kind of monitor how your body is responding to it. So I would recommend weighing quite frequently. I know um, scales and weighing yourself is very demonised by a lot of people. And, you know, you don't absolutely have to do it. There are lots of other ways to monitor your progress with things. Um, But it is just a really good, easy, quick, reliable I say reliable obviously the scale can fluctuate a lot but like generally looking at the averages over time it's a pretty concrete way of measuring like how your body is responding so yeah weigh in regularly and then you know you'd probably just end up increasing calories potentially like 50 to 100 calories every week or two but some people will um you know if if I feed some I feed somebody (laughs) if I kind of prescribe somebody a hundred more calories like their body some people's bodies will burn 50 more some people's bodies will burn 200 more you know some people will really really thrive off the extra energy and they will have all of those things kick into place you know their neat will really go through the roof you know um you get you give somebody an extra 200 calories and they're emptying the dishwasher like (laughs) with more enthusiasm than they ever have before (laughs) or they are um you know being like significantly less lazy and a lot more like proactive in things and some people will respond really really well to the extra energy and then obviously like their bodies will probably adapt and they won't actually kind of gain the weight so in that instance like if you're not gaining weight then I would say bump calories up again um so it's just a case of monitoring it keeping an eye on like how your body is responding and then um pushing calories up based on that really so obviously if your scale weight is kind of going up quite quickly then there's no need to bump calories up again you would just kind of keep them where they're at and wait for your body to kind of respond um and adapt to the to the new amount of like energy that you are feeding it but yeah it is just a case of like monitoring it and making adjustments as you go which is why it can be really really beneficial to have a coach and somebody to kind of give you that um I guess just give you a nudge because it it can be really scary as I mentioned in the last episode like it can be really scary like increasing your calories but it is so worth doing and I'm such a big advocate of of reverse diets but then also just like increasing calories in general so um yeah I think main things to remember is just that your your maintenance calories are a range and you want to find that upper end of the range of your maintenance calories so you know it might be that my maintenance calories are like 2000 500 to 2800 and I can have 2500 to maintain and 2800 to maintain and that is because my body will just kind of naturally adapt and I think one way to kind of feel a bit more at ease with doing something like this is just to trust that your body will respond like your body's natural responses will will kick in so yeah I know that is a very I don't know there might be a lot to kind of take in there a lot of information it might sound like gobbledygook (laughs) um apologies if that is the case but yeah it is just really kind of a whistle-stop tour of um of reverse dieting that's just kind of scratching the surface of it but hopefully that just clears things up a little bit gives everybody a bit of an understanding of of what it actually is and how it works um and yeah if you if you do want any help with the reverse diet you know if you are one of those typical candidates that I've just been speaking about where you are stuck on low calories and you feel like no matter how little you eat you're not losing weight um reach out to me let me help. I would love to help. Like, I really, really do enjoy this. I enjoy this kind of process. It is empowering for people. And, and do you know what? You can probably eat more than you think you can eat. Like, like I just said, maintenance is a range. And lots of people kind of are stuck at the calories that they're at out of fear. And yeah, just having somebody give you a little bit of a nudge to eat a bit more can be a game changer. So yeah, if you would like any help, please reach out. Um, I will leave all information about my coaching in the description box. 
But otherwise, thank you so much for listening. If it was helpful or if you think there's somebody that could benefit from hearing this, please, please share it. It would be really, really nice. I, you know, it, it's actually blowing my mind that people are actually listening to this podcast. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I am the world's biggest waffler. But anyway, I'm going to stop talking. But have a lovely rest of your week, rest of your day. And I will speak to you all in the next episode.